Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Lavender Water Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Williams, and this is brought to you by United State of the Art and Once New Clothing. Today, I am being joined by a special guest. He is a good friend of mine from the indie hip-hop music scene in Cincinnati. Uh, we we made some bass mixtapes. Uh, he's produced for me. I've, uh, we've collabed. He's been on a few of my songs. Um We've done shows together. We've had countless memories with uh, petty Cincinnati artists. Give it up for my good friend, Curtis. Howdy, howdy. What's happening? <laughs> Whole lot of nothing. How are you doing today? Doing all right. Uh, just uh, ate some chicken, so always good after a good dinner. Good, good. Got to eat. Yes, indeed. So today we're gonna. Huh? I said I also need to drink. I need to get a glass of water. Mm, preferably lavender water, if you got it. See, unfortunately, I did not prepare in time. I did not have the lavender yet, so just the regular water today. It's all good. I feel like a hundred percent of the guests I've talked to so far haven't been on the lavender water. I've been drinking enough of it for all of you, so it's it's okay. Uh, We're going to touch on a subject that America is getting to know. Uh, A lot of us have known it for a long time, and that subject is gentrification. Dun, dun, (laughs) (laughs) So it was funny because our our (laughs) pre-talk about this episode uh, is funny because Curtis, he was bringing up, like, ideas to talk about, and he's uh, talking about how there are so many new bars coming in Hamilton, Ohio. And it's like, yeah, you're describing the gentrification experience, but it's like, you know, he's he's not a black person, so it's like, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's, it's, it's kind of, I could see the humor in it, and it was followed with a one-liner, and it was like, oh, cool, we're talking about gentrification with a white man. Like, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely interesting. Um, having uh, the perspective of working in one of the bars also makes it a little strange too. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna show the people that gentrification is not just a racial thing, but this is class warfare. If you look outside, you see those gas prices rising, you see those chicken prices rising. You see everything going up. The the honey bun used to be fifty cents. The honey bun is two dollars now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can't even get a pack of gum for a dollar. You can't get anything for a dollar anymore. Nope, dollar is the new penny. <laughs> oh, I thought that was the twenty dollar bill was the new penny. Yeah, you might you might be about right at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, tough to get uh, just about anything at this point for any type of reasonable dollar amount. I mean, like e- like even used cars, like people who bought used cars three years ago, mm-hmm. could probably consider selling their car right now because they probably just make money. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we need public transportation anyways. But that's probably a different conversation. Right. I mean, it can all go hand in hand. I mean, I can, I can add something to it. Uh March 2022, I had to scrap my vehicle. 
basically, I drove like a, a 17-year-old Mercedes. Um, it was like a thing with like the camshaft or crankshaft or something. Uh, long story short, it was, was going to cost like $2,000 to get it fixed. The, the car wasn't worth $2,000. I just thought it would be better off to just get rid of it. Yeah, I, I, most of the time it is fixing cars, too. That's a big problem with vehicles as well is most of the time, just because uh, there's so many supply chain issues and so many of those parts aren't being produced and things like that, it ends up costing right. just more than it's worth, which is honestly counterintuitive for production, I feel like. Yeah. Like, it, it, it feels like working backwards to me for there to be so many new things coming out all the time and, like, none of them be cross-compatible with things we used to make. <laughs> well, I mean, that's how you create it to be the standard. If it if it all still works, then you can still, you know, have people that are, aren't spending new money on new products because the old one works just fine. Now that the old ones don't work or, you know, can't even be used anymore, then, you know... Yeah. Like, like when uh, you got all these phones that don't take the headphones anymore, it's like, okay, well, now Bluetooth headphones go up, you know what I'm saying, as opposed to, oh, I could just plug it in. I've had these for years. It's like, nope, nope. Yeah, the the, the build of things top down is uh, pretty backwards. <laughs> That's capitalism for you. Sure is. So, wow. so show us, show us what uh what is what's going on in Hamilton, Ohio. Yeah, um, Hamilton's a pretty crazy place. I kind of I've kind of known for the last couple years, like what what's been really like brewing. Like, you know, you see the new bars pop up, fucking bakeries. We've got a shop you can literally go into and like make your own soap because anybody ever asked to do that, um, <laughs> like. Just absolutely crazy shit. So, like, I knew what it was. Uh, I didn't live in Cincinnati, but I've always been pretty close to Cincinnati. So, you know, I've seen kind of the vibes that Cincinnati got hit with. And they're all pretty new. Um, But right now they're building uh, a multi-billion dollar sports megaplex. (laughs) And... Yeah, so because of that, they're, like, revving up into, like, super gentrification mode. So you can walk around about a quarter of Hamilton, Ohio, just with a cup of liquor or beer in your hand. It just has to be in a specific cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's maybe a small area in Cincinnati you can also do that in. I'm not sure. You got those, like, pedal, <laughs> them pedal buses. Well, it's kind of like public intoxication in a sense. Yeah, you can do those. Those are also insane. Um, <laughs> but, like, uh, so they've also got the River's Edge, which is like a small amphitheater where they have stupid-ass cover bands that not really my <laughs> kind of thing. But Nobody likes the, cover bands. <laughs> the, the, the average, like, 30 to 40-something-year-old, like, White mom, she's going for sure. Got love, <laughs> you know, the country singer that's imitating the country singer from the 60s that no one cared about in the 60s. 
<laughs> I slept with the Jerry Garcia lookalike who was the impersonator <laughs> of the lookalike. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it. it's super not my vibe, but people get down with it, uh, whatever. But <laughs> the bar that I work at is on the same street as that amphitheater. And mm-hmm. last night especially was a, like, super crazy day for me because they had big country thing. The Big River Get Down, terrible name. Uh, <laughs> but they had the Big River Get Down, and it was insanely busy. Um, but, you know, toward, as we were getting towards the end of the night, it was, like, it was, like, pretty mellow. And I was, like, okay, cool. You know, everyone, like, wound down from the concert, realized that they're done at a concert. It's time to go home. We're all done with this. And then maybe 45 minutes before we closed, and we closed at midnight, so, like, we're not no, like, 2 a.m. up getting plastered kind of bar. It's the kind of place where a lot of people are coming in and having, like, you know, two or three drinks. Being relatively responsible. Still not maybe the most responsible, but more responsible. <laughs> and, um, yeah, like, 45 minutes before we closed, we got hit. And we were in a scenario where we didn't really have the right setup to be handling anything smoothly there was just two of us working and uh so we just kind of like punched it out and you know when you're in the on the clock kind of mentality mode going it's very easy to just do your job and just cycle it and i'm not even like thinking about how drunk most of these people are that are coming up to get beers off of me Hmm. and like I said, normally that's not something I have to really think about there because it's a lot of people just coming in and having a couple of beers. But when there's a music festival, there will be drunk people. <laughs> and like, there's there's something about giving somebody a beer and they just got to the bar and, you know, maybe they've had a couple and you're giving them a beer. But, like, after you, like, sit back and kind of go, like, holy shit, I just served a whole bunch of people that already had one too many, one more too many. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like the the inherent things that have come about from trying to rev up this city for the sports megaplex, you know, for like the community or whatever, just mm. like, especially after that night feels like very, very not good, extremely toxic. Um, yeah. So after we kind of pushed everything out and got those beers served in that 20 or so minutes, it's like 15, 20 minutes before we closed, like everything kind of dialed down. Everyone got their one last beer. And um, we, me and my manager had kind of assessed, we were like, these people are like fucking hammered and we just gave them all beer and this is probably not great. Um, So we kind of like took it upon ourselves. We just like made up like 40 glasses of water and just walked all around the bar, just like giving people waters. Yeah. And without like saying anything about it, we just closed off all our tap lines. We just stopped serving beer and never called last call. <laughs> nice. Like it was just like in retrospect, I think both of us just kind of like got to sit back and really analyze it and, you know, kind of feel bad about it to a degree. Like, wow, we really shouldn't have served half of these people when we served all of them. 
Yeah, that's a that's it's it's a judgment given to you when you're in that game. Uh, for those who don't know, I have a background in the culinary field, so as a result, the the bartending side and you know the the front of the house things like that, and you're supposed to use a, a discernment to decide has this person had too many. And, you know, it's not always an easy conversation to have. People are always going to be, I'm not even drunk. I'm not even, whoa. Well, yeah, I'm not. And they start throwing up in front of you. You see, no, I got yeah. room for percent. But, yeah, you know, just, you know, especially when you're out here and, you know, you, you have a heart, it's, it's difficult to navigate. Making money and you know saying, "Hey, you've had too many," you know, because a lot of places are not gonna think twice. It's like, "Hey, <laughs> I don't care where you go after this. Just pay that couple dollars and you know do your thing." Right? Yeah, because especially in the beer business, like the markups are absolutely ridiculous. So even if you're only yeah. getting one beer, if that person has like some like you know, attachment to the business in a financial way. Like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they're a manager who's getting some kind of bonuses based on overhead or whatever it may be. Um, maybe even just having been there a long time, it's very easy to be like, yeah, I just want your five bucks. Yeah. Uh, thankfully I am not a manager and I have no financial uh, qualms or feelings about any business I've ever worked for ever. Yeah, that's that's what capitalism does to you when you get shit on, by it. Yeah. Um, I, honestly, though, I feel like that's a, a healthy thing that uh, would assist a lot of people is kind of being able to assess, you know, like these people that I'm going to go work for or these people that I'm going to attempt to appease at my job, maybe even not directly the people you work for if you work in customer service. Like, you, you've got to be able to assess that those things in life are only going to bring you the dollar and that the dollar is not really actually what's going to give you the peace of mind. You have to be able to get that yourself. And if you, like, super-duper just tie it down to, you know, your business or your job or getting this done, if it's not yours, like 100% yours, you're the owner, it's mm-hmm. very, it, it's it's tiring and it's, you're, you know, you're wearing your feet out for somebody else. Right. Um, and that's often, that's often the, uh, the plight, you know what I mean? You get out into the world and you try to make something of yourself and you end up, you know, you know, uh, fueling someone else's machine. For sure. That's that's another one of the parts that's like tough about the whole gentrification vibe is a lot of these places like the stupid little place where you can go make your own soap or whatever as much mm-hmm. as you know it is silly that is someone's independent business and it is you know one or two people's dream so it kind of feels bad to shit on it almost but it also doesn't because they're just <laughs> like oh yeah I'm going to hunker down on this prime time real estate and sell something absolutely stupid to a whole bunch of tourists <laughs> yeah, like who needs special handmade buttons? Who needs handmade soaps? Who needs macarons? Who needs 
who needs three vintage clothing shops on one block? You know, and they all sell Levi's. The the market is so niche for stuff like that. You should just throw it online, anyways. Right. You shouldn't even be brick and mortar. And in my opinion, that's kind of where the oh, I don't mind that I'm shitting on this idea kind of comes into play. Is it's like you're just trying to capitalize on a situation. You should just mm-hmm. be taking your creativity and putting it out there. You can go on the internet and be your own person. I mean, you run your clothing store, no brick and mortar at all. And, you know, it's not been necessary so far. And it's probably never going to be necessary for you to set up a brick and mortar. And if you ever do, it'll probably be more of a for fun thing. Yeah, that's usually what you see in these neighborhoods is people doing it for fun. Had enough money to be like, you know, I just decided to try it. Right. Instead of like, yeah, I put everything I had into this, so it's all or nothing. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And and like people should try pretty much anything they want to do, I think, unless, you know, that thing is like hard drugs, maybe past those. Um, (laughs) But for the most part, if you, if you want to try something, you should probably try it. Yeah. Follow your nose. Wherever it goes, except for cocaine. Yes, one hundred percent. Like, because <laughs> like I've dipped off into so many things. Like coming out of high school, like I, all I knew is I didn't want to do what I'm doing now, and it's what I think most people are doing now, which is, you know, just waging it, working a nine to five. Mm-hmm. Um. But it, that was always my dream is, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to I'm gonna be the next person to not do that. I'm going to be the first person in my family to not do that, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, I, it, and it made me try everything and, like, the experiences, regardless of how far any of them may have went, like, just having them and going, okay, yeah, you know, like, I kind of understand this a little bit more now is pretty cool because I've done – when I first got out of high school, I did electronic music. I did it. Um, mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, I found musically, it's very much so just a bunch of people trying to sell drugs at shows. Not really my vibe. <laughs> like, like it got so toxic to be around that scene because like, you know, you'd meet like a really cool person who was even maybe another artist. And then you would figure out that that was their whole vibe as they were just trying to make some mon- some money at the show on some other shit. And it's just like, can't you just make money because you threw a good show. <laughs> it's not enough. <laughs> I, yeah, it's just like, wh- like, why can't that be good enough? Like, why can't you just throw a good show? I I, I never understood that about music because after that I was involved in the hip-hop scene, as you definitely know, as some of the viewers probably don't <laughs> know. Um, <laughs> yep, I'm the classic white rapping guy. Uh, hey, hey. He's 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 not Jack Harlow though, guys. Don't 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 throw tomatoes. He's 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 not here stealing from the culture. He appreciates things. He he understands the boundaries he can and cannot cross. Hey hey, you take it easy on my guy over here. <laughs> for sure, I I feel like for me especially when I got in hip hop, um, it was nice because I got into throwing shows, and that for me was like probably my favorite part about that whole thing was really just being able to like bring people together. Uh, like it just felt good to get a whole bunch of people to come out and just hang out for the night, you know, jam some music. Right. Uh, and, you know, I would throw those shows and 
walk away with like a net loss or maybe a net like 40 bucks in my pocket, uh, just making sure everybody else got paid out and that I got my promotion right for it. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, for like, for me, it was super very uh, community based sort of thing, uh, being involved in hip hop where uh, electronic music wasn't really like that at all. Um, I didn't really going find a lot. To, going back to where you said uh, people get into the music for like alternate reasons is like, it, like I noticed that like a lot of people aren't there to do shows or record music, but to you know sleep with women, look fly, get drunk, yep. get high, just look cool yep. on the internet. You know what I'm saying? One hundred percent. I mean, I like, I've. We're not going to speak on names, but there are many people uh, that well, I have won't met. drop no names here. <laughs> we keep it we keep it very positive. For sure, but there are many. But they people know who they are. You can kind of tell, like, okay, like this whole this whole thing that you're putting on is a front. Like, not one bit of this is authentic. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's maybe not so crazy in like our actual local scene that we have here in Cincinnati. Because there, like, there are people you can just see, like, those like stardom guys that'll come out and be really popular for like two weeks across the internet, just like random dudes because <laughs> they want kind of pop in video. <laughs> right. Be the the most glorious two weeks ever. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But every day they're posting on Instagram saying something was a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was it was a movie trailer, right? Yeah, exactly. I got the teaser. This isn't even the red band. This isn't even the explicit trailer. <laughs> um, but uh, like, um, uh, trying to remember exactly where I left off on my thoughts there. Oh, yeah, hip hop for the community. Yeah, like uh, it was. It, it was just always. It, it was more tight knit, you know. Like I left the show, and I wasn't not talking to any of the artists afterwards. I was talking to all of the artists afterwards. You know, we're having conversations on the internet right after the show and stuff. Like it's it's much closer. It's much more about like togetherness. And um, I but as like off topic as that is for the whole like gentrification vibe it's not because like no it's pretty it's pretty all part of them actually yeah i I was yeah right 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 but (laughs) just with those two dynamics like (laughs) intertwining for a story um (laughs) it's so like yeah you bring in those kind of like environments for people and then they become comfortable in those environments and stabilize to those environments. You know, you go from a city that was just a city with people living in it to now this is just a place where everyone's getting drunk and creating bad times and potentially dangerous times for people. Yeah. Like regardless of how, regardless of how much fun you had at the bar that night, like if you drove home, that's not good. You're not a very good person. You shouldn't do that. 
Hey, I mean, we've been only we've been yellowing for the last ten years. So, I mean, where does it stop? Right, and like as an avid yoloer and a fan of definitely just kind of living unhinged because it can be fun. You gotta know that there are boundaries and limits still, just for your own personal well-being. <laughs> right, but you know, we we got some we got some funny people in this world with us. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Like I, I seen a, I seen a meme not too long ago that said people on Vine in 2007, and it was a video of the main character from the Yakuza series just running and just headfirst sprinting and jumping out of a window. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, like I understand that we live in the wildest times that have ever occurred, uh, but you gotta know when to be able to calm down. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, uh, we got this global warming, no chill anymore, man. Yeah, uh, global warming is also not very fantastic. <laughs> gotta gotta love that. I'm I'm honestly still waiting for the day that California just floats off. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot we're waiting on with California. Uh, when I was living there in 2015. There was this news report going around that by the end of 2015, California was going to run out of fresh water, and they needed to spend these millions of dollars to convert salt water to drinkable water. So, like, all these politicians were voting against it. And then I moved out of the state, so I don't – I mean, obviously they didn't run out of fresh water, but it was like, what happened to that, though? Like, what you said right. – <laughs> So y'all are really going to let people dehydrate because y'all didn't want to spend money on the machine. Yeah, which is absolutely insane, but not an uncommon theme of the United States. <laughs> I mean, we've still got places that have access to water, and the water is just awful. So the yeah. thought of giving giving people water that just straight up don't have it, like that's so beyond the scope of what this country's, like, priorities are. <laughs> do we have priorities in this country? Ah, uh, we do. They're just not great. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it's just a lot of, it's a lot of funding. We do a lot of just putting money into things, and then we're just kind of supposed to go, oh, yeah, that makes sense that you needed money for that. Uh, but like, not not enough people ever go. Wait, what did you actually buy with that again? <laughs> a SpaceX space shuttle. Right, because when the, I hear things, like, you know, hey, we're gonna give two point three trillion dollars to you know, we'll <laughs> say uh, you know NASA this year. It's like okay, well, I need you to show me what two point three trillion dollars got you because. I'm never going to even come close to touching a fraction of that amount of money. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's, it's a lot of corruption. Uh, it makes you wonder if we're so so many trillion in debt. Why don't we throw some, some towards that national debt? Like, who is that national debt owed to? And if there's really a national debt, why haven't they started a GoFundMe? Yeah, you know something. You know, <laughs> clearly, they need help. <laughs> right. <laughs> Pull things off. 
Mm. There's just never nothing good going on at the top, it seems. Every time we hear, like, news outside of the regular news, which is like, oh, yeah, the president gave a speech or this senator said something stupid like every senator does every day, um, it'll be like, oh, yeah, these are all the people that were murdering babies last week. Like, it's always something absolutely insane. Yeah. Like, it's it, it's never anything mild. It's never like, oh, here's the last senator that got caught, you know, having sex at the strip club. Like, okay, whatever. That's that's dramatic and silly and, like, you're cheating on your wife, but whatever. I can't stop you. <laughs> I can't stop you. <laughs> no, I, like, I can't, I can't stop you. You're a senator. I can't stop you from cheating on your wife. Do what you're going to do, I guess. You're, you're a loser, but I can't stop you. But it's it's always got to be something awful. It's like, hey, yeah, this senator just traded $16 million in assets today. Like, oh, that's great. I'm so glad that that uh, the rest of the world's demise is just put more money in your pockets, even though you literally run the nation. Right. Because <laughs> yeah, running the nation something. wasn't enough. You also had to have all the money in the world. Right. <laughs> it's just like it, it's it's funny how it happens that every time the people suffer, the rich just get richer and richer and richer off of the, the you know the bad things going on with the economy, the market, off of the people. So we get seven dollars a gallon in gas. They get a brand new football field size yacht. Yeah, that is going to get stuck in some kind of channel like that big ass barge did. So, so, Swedes Canal. Yeah. Um, like, uh, that big crazy super yacht that Jeff Bezos has, he was talking about um, he couldn't fit it under some bridge, so in order to travel somewhere, he was going to have them take a historic bridge down. Like, that's the most disrespectful thing I've ever heard anybody even try to offer up. You know, you just, like, go around the world or something. Like, <laughs> you got the time. Like. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, I know this is important to your people here, but can you just take it down forever because it's kind of in my way? <laughs> like, that's so bizarre to me. That's so crazy. Just mm, that, uh, what do we call them? Uh, colonizer mentality. Uh, conquerors. Um, you know, the power, you know what I'm saying? When you can, you know what I'm saying? Because like, it really seems like money in big amounts makes people get rid of their own self-respect or, you know, how they look at themselves. And it's like for any amount of money, a good a big amount of money, people will do whatever. Oh, absolutely. Um, like there's obviously things float around the Internet all the time and often they are found to be untrue. Uh, but like a long time ago, there was this story of some guy who came out and said he was like a Secret Service agent. And at some point in his Secret Service agent's uh, timeline, he started getting offered more money to get on the plane to go with high-profile people to the Epstein Island. Mm. Yeah, and he kind of figured out what was going on there, and I guess one day uh, partook. And then posted the whole story on the Internet and just off himself mm. yeah and I, I have no validation whether or not that's true or false but like 
to me, like, I don't know, that makes a lot of sense. Like, not the part where he partook. I I think that's absolutely insane. Um, but, like, you know, someone offers you some crazy kind of money and you get involved in some things that you don't know are as crazy as they are, and then you kind of realize how crazy they are, and then you keep taking the money, and, you know, you kind of get, I guess, that sense of power that all the rich people got that makes them want to eat children and drink their blood or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Do you watch yeah. the show Atlanta? Yes. Have you seen the uh the last episode, episode ten? No. I saw I watched nine just the other night. I fell asleep before I got to ten. Oh uh, yeah, ten uh, without ruining it for anyone out there and you uh it's kinda like there's like elements of spirit cooking in it and I think like with the whole season three of Atlanta they're uh it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's it's so different from the other two seasons, you know, for good reason that Paperboy is more successful than doing the European tour and stuff like that, talking with the higher profile people and making more money. And I think the whole season is kind of like this metaphor for, like, crossing over from, quote, unquote, like, say, the bottom, and then you enter the success realm. But it's like the, the things that, playing that game change about you, you know what I'm saying? I think it's like a a commentary on that, how all the characters kind of evolve in this different environment. And, you know, just it, it makes you look at yourself like, what would you do in a situation of right, dealing right, with this, yeah. this money or, you know what I'm saying? Because it's not easy. For for me, that kind of started at, like, the end of season two, like the episode where Paperboy gets robbed on the tracks by those kids. Yeah. And uh, the old man, like, finds him in the woods and starts saying all kinds of crazy stuff to him. Like, you know, you, like, you're out here and you're lost. He said, I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but something along the lines of, like, he would he put his knife to his throat and said something about how he would kill him and he needs to keep moving because that's what you got to do. And, like... Yeah, there are, like, some crazy perspective points from, I feel like, that episode forward. Mm -hmm. Um, But season three, I mean, you got a lot of episodes where the actual main characters aren't even in the episodes. It's a lot of just, like, stories and tales of different things. Um, I really like it. Like, some people don't approve, but I I think it gives, you know, more depth to the writing team. Uh, It, it, allows the show to play with itself, pause. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a different, like, it's kind of like the Twilight Zone. That's what I'm, I'm a Twilight Zone fan. So it's like, things like that is like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I like, I like weird shit like that. Yeah, it, um, I was super into it. Like, the, the first episode of season three was really solid. That episode nine, um, with the with the mixed kid who goes to try to get a scholarship and they they tell him he's not black like that whole that whole episode is wild too. R.I.P. Kevin Samuels. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, yeah, that that definitely that the part where he was in there. I was like, no way, this man just passed. With this. For for people that don't know, like these episodes released kind of late from when they're actually recorded, so. It might be like old news, but you know it's, it's current in the time we're talking about it. But yeah, when I seen him, and he had just passed away, it was like, yo, like the last yeah, thing he crazy. did. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, that was that was definitely wild. I did not anticipate to see him in the show. Yeah, at all. But it was it was so fitting. I didn't know he was from Atlanta, so it, it all made sense. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah. I I honestly don't know anything about him. Like I've heard the controversies and stuff, but that's about it. Man, it's like so. Kevin Samuels is really just like a he was like a uh, he was an image specialist. So people would come to him for like you know how should I dress in a picture or you know I'm a celebrity. How do I present myself on social media? Stuff like that. So then. I guess somehow, some way, like, he started, like, live streaming and stuff, and then people would talk to him, and then he became, like, the relationship guy. And it's like, <laughs> there's, like, a, there's a there's this perception that Kevin Samuels uh, hates black women, uh, and then there's also a perception that he was trying to make black people come together. But ultimately, his thing is, you call him, he asks you a question, and he'll just be him about it, and he'll ask you, oh, uh, you know. Because, like, you know, it'd be, like, different women trying to figure out how to get, like, a quote-unquote high-value man. Or men asking him, oh, how come the women stop messing with me? Or, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, he's, like, a, you know, clean-cut dude. So, like, a lot of people say he's gay. Uh, you know, he has, like, the feminine kind of thing to him, you know. He, like, look, look like he gets the manicures and, you know, stuff like that. And he talked, you know, he said Atlanta, so he got a nice little slight lisp or something. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. But uh, it was like they would always take his videos out of context, and then those would become the viral thing. So it just looks like, oh, you nappy-headed bitch. And it would be like, that's not even what the whole conversation was. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, uh, you know, that, that just became what his thing was, and then he passed away, and then, you know, the uh the people who don't like him they rejoice over it. I was there for it. It was it was it was a lot going on. But yeah, RP Kevin Sanders. He he tried. <laughs> yeah, there's um I feel like lately there's been a lot of people who have passed away who have been controversial. And it's always crazy to see people's reactions in those situations. Because yeah. for me it's a like it it. It definitely does depend on the controversy. Like, there are people where I'm not going to, like, necessarily have much emotion if they pass. But, like, the way people are ready to throw a party when somebody passes that they don't like is so crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's that celebrity culture, celebrity worship. Uh, a few, few episodes ago, I uh, had a guest on here talking about uh, just doing away with just the idol worship and following behind these people who serve you no purpose. All you do is make them richer, make them more popular, and it does nothing for you. So it's like, yeah. even if you don't like them, you still kind of serve energy to it. And, you know, if you do, and, you know, way too much. Like, I've, I've seen a post the other day. A dude said, uh, I miss Kevin Samuels way more than any bitch I ever dated. And I was like, bro. <laughs> you need a hug. Like, you should not miss this man. <laughs> right. Maybe a little bit of therapy. <laughs> but, you know, that's where we at with it. People, you know, place a lot of energy and love and hope into something, and it doesn't serve them back and become a slave to it. Yeah, it's, like, I understand how sometimes, it like, it can be easy to, like, fall into some of it. But there are certain lines and, like, 
barriers that are, I, I just find crazy. Like, like the whole like Johnny Depp and Amber Heard thing that's going on right now being the most popular thing in the world will always blow <laughs> my mind. This is two rich yeah. people that are drug addicts that are bad people. That's it. Case <laughs> closed. Look, it, it didn't get interesting to me until she shit in the bed. I'm like, okay, hold on. <laughs> what? Right, and, and, and that's just hilarious. So, like, that one made sense, but, like, people are, like, people really, like, watch the trials, and there was a whole war that just started a month or two ago, and, like, the media would rather talk about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, which, you know, personally, I also don't want to talk about war just because it's not a fun thing to talk about, but as the news you're not supposed to talk about exclusively fun things. <laughs> I mean, usually is is you know thirteen murdered in the, in the mall, you know, or you know children kidnapped with a chihuahua going to Taco Bell, like you know, there's always something crazy, like you know, man well, sells point, the whole neighborhood fentanyl in the mail, like you know, it's, it's rarely yeah, anything. Point, the the thirteen hmm. thirteen died in the mall is a story that goes on for. 25 minutes and then they show you a cute picture of a chihuahua yeah they're like look at this fan mail that we got isn't it just so adorable this dog that lives in our city and you know i'm never going to see that dog it doesn't affect me well, yeah man uh hmm we've been out here for like 40 minutes this, this is good this is a good one this is a good one we got a little off topic, but I think we I think we talked about pretty good stuff overall. Yeah, I think I think we got it in the bag here. Um, anything else you want to add? Um, yeah, I haven't tried lavender water, but everybody should drink lavender water. I'm gonna try it very soon. Uh, maybe I'll be back on for another episode, and we'll talk about my experiences with lavender water. All right, all right, I'm looking forward to it me as well and i'm looking forward to listening to more episodes of the podcast with some of your other guests every friday ladies and gentlemen the lavender water podcast this is matthew williams and this has also been curtis and we are out peace peace